Hey there, future fans! Yes, another late episode this week, but I have another great excuse. Anne and I were in Solvang, California, but, you know, I thought I don't want to skip an episode even though it's coming out late because there are quite a few limited release movies coming out and one limited release movie that I think everyone should keep their eye on. So without further ado, let's get into it. This is the week of August 25th, and this is Future Flicks with Billiam, episode 55. Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. It's been a week, so here we are again with a list of movies. But yes, I was in Solvang, California. That is the Danish capital of America. It's a great little town. Wonderful touristy area. Great place to spend a couple days. There's a lot of beer, a lot of wine, a lot of great food. A lot of uh, Danish culture. It is, is fantastic. If you have not been there, I suggest you go. There is a brewery on the main strip which offers samples so you can try a little bit of everything, then pick your favorite, and then get blitzed on that. It was a great little trip. But here we are, back to it, back to the show. And I just want to say, I just want to warn you, preempt this, that the next couple weeks are going to be a little weird. The next episode should be normal, but the episode, which should be episode 57, is going to probably not have any news or any trailers. And that's because, unfortunately, my beloved fiance Anne is going back home, and I didn't want to take a lot of time on that episode, but I still really still want to put one out, get in the habit of putting one out every week. So if I do skip one, that is why we're spending the last few days together but when i do put one out it's just going to be bare bones movie so just be prepared for that in the next two weeks but let's get on to happy things and happy things include future flicks with billiam yes that is a show you're listening to so what is this show about i'm glad you asked so this is Future Flicks. I am your host, Billiam. On this show, I go over every movie that's being released during the week. I tell you what it's about. I say who's in it and my thoughts on it. I will also give the movie a score, which I call the Billiam's Interest Level Score, aka the Bill Score. This score is only based on the trailer and anything I've read about the movie. But let's start this episode with some housekeeping. As we always do, you can find me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, YouTube, Tumblr, and any podcast listening app, as well as the Somewhat Nerdy website. That's somewhatnerdy.com. You can reach me in a number of ways. You can reach me on Twitter and Instagram, BilliamSWN, and email me at BilliamReviews at gmail.com for a full list of ways to reach me. Either check out the show notes or wait till the end of the episode where I will go over all of them. But let's move on to our first segment, which, as always is the news. Robert De Niro is set to be in a star-studded, or at least star-sprinkled movie in February called War with Grandpa. This according to Variety. In this movie, he stars with Christopher Walken, Cheech Marin, Uma Thurman, Rob Riggle, Jane Seymour, and that young actor Oakes Fegley, who you may know from a couple episodes of Boardwalk Empire, the new version of Pete's Dragon, and he had a small role in the movie This Is Where I Leave You. This movie is directed by Tim Hill, who you know. Why do you know this gentleman? Because he is the writer, or one of the writers for Spongebob, was also a writer on Rocco's Modern Life, and was a director for the show Kablam. Do you remember Kablam? And if you do, give me a shout out. Leave a comment on SoundCloud right now. If you know it, hit me up on Twitter. Just tell me, do you remember any of Kablam's segments? There were quite a few little shorts they had. Do you remember any of them? Hit me up. Let me know. War with Grandpa is set to have a February 23rd release date. According to Collider, the Joker and Harley Quinn movie is moving forward. Warner Brothers has put that to work with the director of Focus. Or directors of Focus. That's Glenn Ficarra and John Requa. In news from the playlist, we have a dose of What the Flying Fuck. 
A new report says that Matt Reeves' Batman movie will not star Ben Affleck and it will not be part of the DCEU. So first we had this movie that was going to star Ben Affleck, star and write and direct. That's all he was going to do in it. All those three things. Then he stepped down as the director. Then he was supposedly stepping down as the writer. And now he's not even going to play Batman. Now, now, on top of all that, this movie will not have anything to do with this storyline that they're going with. That's going to keep going in the Justice League. A lot of this knew it was coming. It was too good to be true. A lot of people loved Ben Affleck as Batman, even though when it was announced, people were like, Ben Affleck, no, get the f*** out of here, this guy's terrible. But then he wasn't terrible. In fact, he's a really good actor, and people for years just failed to acknowledge that. But now, we have a Batman we like, that despite the bad writing and bad directing of the last few movies that he was in as Batman, or movies he at least cameoed in, that is, now he's stepping down. And now the question is, how much time until he fully backs away, until Justice League is going to be his final DC movie? I think that this has just been too much for him, that he went in with so much vigor and so much hope, and Warner Brothers just beat the ever-loving out of him. And it is really too bad that Warner Brothers can't even hold a candle to what Marvel does. And this is why. Because of bullshit like this. I'm not saying that Marvel and Disney are perfect. I'm not saying that they keep their hands fully out of everything their directors and writers do. But we don't see it as much as we see this. We see how much Warner Brothers is around in things. And now we're going to lose probably the best Batman since Michael Keaton. And yes, I do believe Ben Affleck is better than Christian Bale. You heard it here first, folks. In news from Deadline, we have something that really shouldn't be a big surprise to anyone. And I'm not going to go on about this for too long because everyone who listens to Futureflex knows how I feel about this situation or this topic, at least. So, according to Deadline, Ed Skrein, I believe S-K-R-E-I-N, is going to play Ben Daimyo in the Hellboy Rise of the Blood Queen movie. Why is this making the news? Why is this making the news? Okay, well, here's the thing. Ed Skrein is a white dude, and Daimyo is a Japanese character, and not just the fact that he's Japanese, that apparently, I've never read these comics, so if I'm wrong, please let me know, but apparently, according to at least Deadline, his Asian American, or, you know, in this case, this Japanese heritage plays a big part in his character. So now, Lionsgate is getting a lot of backlash claiming that they're whitewashing roles that could go to Asian Americans. And while people who are getting angry about this have a point, I also want to point out what hypocrites they are. So I agree. I believe that Asian American actors or Asian actors, they don't have to be from America. Asian actors don't get a lot of love in Hollywood. Unless it's about Kung Fu, you rarely see a movie starring an Asian. So there's that. But with this, my thing is, so they're changing the the race of a character. How many times does that happen? And if you pay attention, the only times people really give a sh- about it is if they're changing a character of color to white. They can change a white character and turn them into any color or any gender or any anything and people will be fine. No one will give a shit. Who cares? It's a white person. But if you take a character of color or of different gender identity or whatever and then change that, oh my god, you have just committed a, a, a huge sin. So while I am a bit pissed off that this role could have gone to an Asian. I'm also pissed off that people are such hypocrites. But this story is all according to Deadline. So we will also see if Hellboy is going to do anything kind of like Doctor Strange did, where they changed the race of some characters, but they added other characters of different races and they changed everything around. So we'll see. From Slash Films, we have a story that will make Roz from Somewhat Nerdy pop a huge boner. A fourth Hatchet movie was filmed in secret and had a surprise premiere last night. So if you are a fan of the Hatchet series, you have a new movie. Congratulations. So Collider wrote an article, and it's kind of about something we all already knew. We all know that this next group of Marvel movies that are coming out is going to be the end of this particular group. Pretty soon we're going to be seeing the final movies from all of these characters, and then we're going to get a new batch that's going to have people like Captain Marvel, Nova, 
and so on. But according to James Gunn, he dropped in for a Facebook Live session, apparently, whatever that is, and said that Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is going to set up the next phase of Marvel movies. So that's going to be pretty cool, having someone as reliable as James Gunn setting up the next decade of Marvel movies. I, I like that, and I really want to see how he's going to start this off. This, of course, according to Collider. And finally, my friends, from Box Office Mojo, Wonder Woman has just passed the original Spider-Man's gross at the box office, becoming the number one superhero origin film. And this just goes to show us that when Warner Brothers and DC stop being a gigantic bag of d they can do something really, really good. And that is it for the news, everyone. And you know what? For this next segment, you don't have to swim because we are taking a boat. It is time to go into the trailer trove. Avast and welcome to the trailer trove. We have a trailer for a new movie from Netflix starring Adam Scott, Evangeline Lilly, Donald Faison, and a whole bunch of those people that you just don't know their name, but you see them, you go, oh, I've seen that person around in a million different places. This movie is about Gary, who meets the love of his life. Samantha has a six-year-old son, and Gary learns that her son just may be the Antichrist. And no, not just like a d like Macaulay Culkin in The Good Son, the honest-to-God Antichrist. This is brought to us by the directors of, or writer and director of... Tucker and Dale vs. Evil, Eli Craig. This is going to come out on streaming on September 1st. So actually, I guess I'm going to be talking about this in the movie next week. Huh. Wow, I guess I didn't have to put in the trailer trove, did I? Weird. If you're a fan of one of these shows, then you have a new trailer to watch. We just got trailers for the new season of American Horror Story, the first season of Punisher, and the first season of Defenders. Not much caught my eye in the way of trailers since the last episode. We have had quite a few teasers from It that just make me think this movie is going to be terrifying. I don't think it's going to be terribly accurate as compared to the book because I just finished, finished reading the book. About 1,200 pages of still good writing, but my god. God, Stephen King loves his unimportant tangents. And if you need any proof that God is good, it is that we're not going to see all of these f***ing tangents in this movie. So check out, check out YouTube for a lot of the new teasers. It looks terrifying. We also got more from Kingsman the Golden Circle. We have new, a new full trailer and teaser trailers from them. So that is it for the trailer trove. If I missed anything, because I'm not perfect, I check YouTube, IMDb, and Reddit daily for new trailers, but things do pass through the cracks or slip through the cracks. So if I, if I miss something news-wise or trailer-wise and you think I should have talked about it, always let me know. Please, always let me know. But before we jump into the movies, let's get a word in from our friends at Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds of the Squared Circle. We'll be back. Imagine yourself on a journey with the somewhat nerdy radio podcast crew as we travel through forgotten realms and far-off galaxies. Your captains, the sensational Snarf Chris and the cunning Critter, constantly face an element of danger. Welcome to the somewhat nerdy radio podcast. The bright light in the podcast sphere. Download and subscribe Somewhat Nerdy Radio today on iTunes and SoundCloud or stream it at somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Hi, I'm Sam Jericho of SomewhatNerdy.com's Nerds of the Squared Circle. Join me, Snarf Chris, and the dude with the headband. We talk about wrestling and more wrestling. Do you like wrestling? Yeah! yeah. Then you should listen to our podcast. Do you not like wrestling? You should still listen to our podcast, Someone to Read a Comms, Nerds in the Squared Circle. Subscribe to us on iTunes or your favorite podcast app today. Nerds in the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. And we're back. Welcome back to the show. We are going to jump right into the movies. There are quite a few limited releases this week. So let's start this party off with a movie called Good Time. 
Connie's brother Nick has been sent to jail where he's in more danger than your average prisoner. Connie is in a race against time to get the money to bail his brother out, but people are on his trail trying to stop him. This stars Robert Pattinson from Twilight, Jennifer Jason Lee from The Hateful Eight, and the co-director is starring as the brother. That director is Benny Safdie. Okay, who? You may be asking. Okay, don't worry. Hardly anyone has heard of him or his brother. This film is directed by Josh and Benny Safdie with help from Ronald Bronstein, I believe. These guys have really only done indie shorts. So there's no one movie you would have heard of. So maybe if you saw shorts, if you went to some short film festival one day, maybe you saw something directed by them. But the only reason I'm bringing this up, the only reason I'm giving them such a hard time for this is because in the trailer, it has a big you know, full screen directed by the Sefty brothers. Like they're big sh or something. Names should only be dropped if they're actually big names or if they're like brand new, like introducing the Safety brothers. But no, they've been around, they've done a couple movies, and that's it. So don't pretend that these people are anyone. Just show us a good movie, and then once you show us a couple good movies, then start putting your name on things. But is this a good movie? Is this... Let's, uh, let's talk about it. Let's talk about this film a bit. This looks like some indie writer-director combo wanted to make a typical crime movie about a criminal with a heart of gold, but wanted to make it artsy as f I don't see the appeal about this movie. It's basic as lie. And that's a science joke for you. <laughs> Alright, okay, uh, quick note. There's this actor in this movie that goes by the name Necro. He's some sort of rapper or producer or something. I, I don't give a sh who he is, but he picked that name for himself. What kind of name is that to pick? So is his wife, girlfriend, or girlfriend, or his right hand a necrophiliac? <laughs> Necro, what a dumb name. I get it. He's trying to look tough. He's trying to sound tough. <laughs> Jesus, man, get a better street name. But back to this movie, back to this movie. And you know what infuriates me? This is such a basic idea that I feel like I've seen a million times before, but God help me. I cannot think of a single movie where there's one brother in trouble, another brother's trying to help him, and he has to break a bunch of laws to do it. I know I've seen movies like this before. I know I've seen TV shows like this before, but I can't pick it out. I can't think of that movie. So I am putting the call out to you, my future fans. Hey, somewhat nerdy radio, nerds of the squared circle, watch your mouth. Uncork Gamers, help me out here. If you know, if you can think of one, let me know. Brian, you know a lot of movies. You you could probably out movie knowledge me. Let me know if you think of one. Uh, Frat Matt, if you still listen, let me know. Anyone help me out here. But either way, either way, this film has been done before. This is a familiar plot. This is so basic. A brother committing crime to save his brother. Hell, a person committing a crime to save someone else in general. This is a stale idea and the trailer doesn't show me how this movie would be any different and that is why it fails. This looks like it's just filmed in with this super artsy lens on it that's just going to make me gag. This movie looks boring. This movie looks stupid. Do not watch it. Good time gets a one out of 11. All right, my friends, next up we have a movie out of South Korea called The Villainous. Suk Hee is a trained assassin who is born to kill. She was recruited and trained as a little girl and was promised that after 10 years of service, she would be released. Well, her 10 years is up and she is released and begins her new life as a theater actress. But that doesn't last long as two men show up and start to reveal the dark secrets from her past. And eventually, she has to take matters into her own hands. This movie actually looks pretty interesting, but not Unfortunately, interesting enough for me to put it higher up in these, this episode. This looks like if Ninja Assassin and Hardcore Henry had a very awesome looking baby. And with that comparison, I, I mean that this is going to have a lot of action, just like Ninja Assassin did and Hardcore Henry. But the point of view is going to shift. If some of it's going to be like shot like a regular movie, that's going to get in really close to Suki and show her kicking ass. And then some of it's going to be first person. So where this movie is lacking in story, it 
makes up for it in presentation. Hell, it doesn't really even have to make up for it. Movies like this are just good fun. They don't have to have amazing stories to keep us entertained. For this, you just have to show us good action, good fighting, show us something flashy. But the director, Byung Gil Jung, I know I'm mispronouncing that terribly, and I apologize to any Koreans who are listening. But this director has a very unique vision and went for it and looks very interesting. This looks like the type of movie that you may have a friend who loves foreign movies, maybe even loves anything Asian. Maybe they're a gigantic weeaboo. And one day they come to you and go, hey, there's this movie I got. I got this movie, see? And it is really good. And it is action-packed and you will love it. And you're kind of like, okay, I don't know. You show me some weird stuff. But then they go, no, trust me. And then they hand you this movie or the data stick with it because they pirated it. I don't know how they're watching it. And then you watch it and you're like, wow, that is actually really good. This is that type of movie that I don't think a lot of us are going to put a lot of effort into seeing. And I'm not saying that for the normal reasons. Like, it just doesn't look that interesting. I'm saying that because this is just going to be hard to find. This is going to get a very limited release, probably focusing on neighborhoods or theaters in neighborhoods where there are a lot of Koreans in it. And then maybe a theater in a bigger city will get it just because maybe they think, oh, there's a ton of people in LA, New York, Boston, maybe someone want to see this. But for the most part, a lot of us aren't going to be able to see this movie. And then we will have to wait for it to come out on some sort of streaming service, or we're going to have to commit to buy it. And these days, especially with how many movies Netflix, Hulu, and Amazon get, buying movies is more of a commitment than ever. So I want you guys, if you like action movies, to check out this trailer and then ask yourself, is this the kind of movie that you are willing to invest in? Who knows? I could be terribly wrong. I could be terribly wrong. And maybe Amazon's already in talks to put this on streaming. I don't know. But I do believe this is a movie that you should keep an eye on just because it is a fresh take on a usually stale genre. And remember, even though this is a stale genre, it's still fun because who doesn't love action? Raise your hand and see yourself out of this podcast. No, no, don't really. Please keep listening. Please, please keep listening. So yes, generally a stale genre, but this director did something very interesting and I think it's worth watching. So check out the trailer and then ask yourself, are you willing to put effort into seeing this? And if the answer is yes, then enjoy. If the answer is no, then just move on. Because the villainous gets a 6 out of 11. Well, let's keep this foreign film train a-movin' with a film called Red Christmas. A mother must protect her family on Christmas Day from a demented stranger who is hell-bent on murdering all of them. This stars Dee Wallace from movies like E.T., Cujo, The Howling, and Critters. And God, this movie looks terrible. I mean, it looks really bad. It looks really low-budget, and while... With horror, that's not always a bad thing. There's some really good low-budget horrors out there. This doesn't even look like one of the good kind. This looks like one of those super cheesy kind that is just so bad that it sucks any possible enjoyment out of it. And, you know, there's something special about horror movies around Christmas time. Something extra sick about it. But this one looks like it should be skipped by everyone. This is a type of movie that you see this collection, like a $4 DVD collection with three, four, five movies in it that you've never heard of. This is where this movie belongs. I mean, Dee Wallace has been acting consistently since 1982, or you know, even, maybe even before that. And good for her. I don't want to slate her for that. But if she is the biggest name they have, and their trailer is full of basically nothing, it's just a lot of screaming, a lot of running around, and a couple scenes of blood, if those are all you have to offer us, then why put this movie out at all? Send it straight to video. But unfortunately, this is getting a limited release. So if you have a chance to see this movie at any time, even if it's free, even if it's on streaming, you skip this because this looks terrible. This looks like it's full of terrible camera angles there's like in, even in the trailer there are quite a few shots following people's feet and i understand that there are times where that could work but in a movie like this why show so many scenes showing people running where you can't even see anything but their shoes if you don't believe me on how terrible this movie looks check out the trailer for red christmas it looks awful this movie gets a zero out of eleven so my future friends the theme now that we're going within the show is Movies that make you go, 
Huh? The next movie up is a movie called England is Mine. This movie follows the life of young Morrissey as he grows up in 1970s Manchester before the formation of the band The Smiths. You know, when I woke up today, I thought, you know what we really need? We need a movie about a young Morrissey. And you know what? No, no, I didn't, because that thought has never crossed my mind. Do I like The Smiths? Sure. Do I like their songs? Yeah, of course. Do I appreciate the fact that Morrissey contributed to the music world? Duh. But I don't give a shit about a biopic about Morrissey. The Beatles are one of the most important musical icons ever, and I barely give a shit about movies about them. This movie looks boring, and I hate to use the term because I hate buzzwords that critics use, but this film looks uninspired. It feels... It just feels gloomy, and it feels... It makes me feel gray, if that makes any sense. Just that it makes me think that the director had a really shitty time directing this, and it kind of comes across. I believe they're going to try and paint young Morrissey as a angsty genius, but really, he's just coming across like a little ass. And, oh yeah, I never said who was in this. Uh, this stars Jack Loudon from Dunkirk and Jessica Brown Finley from Downton Abbey. Okay, there we go. I talked about who's in it. This film just looks boring. I mean, even if this was about someone I cared a lot more about, even then, if the movie was still shot and presented like this one is, I still wouldn't care. This film looks boring. This film looks sad and not sad as in the content of it, but sad as in it looks just pathetic. I can't suggest anyone see this, even fans of the Smiths. We have yet another film, my friends, that gets a zero out of 11. Next up, we have a documentary called Served Like a Girl. This documentary follows five female veterans as they take part in the Miss Veteran America pageant and also try and raise awareness for homeless female veterans around America. And here we go with a movie that if I talk shit about, I'm not only unpatriotic, but I'm a gigantic asshole. <laughs> but, oh god, I'm gonna have to be honest. Okay, let me just start off. Let me start this by saying that this is about a topic that I support. I support our armed forces, I support our veterans, and I think we should be taking better care of them. So there we go. I put that out on the table. So now I'm gonna talk about this as an actual movie. This looks like someone just grabbed a camera from a Best Buy and went just went to this pageant and started recording. This has little to no production quality, and it seems like it doesn't really have a direction. And I really want to know where they got the synopsis from, because I couldn't tell any of that from the trailer. So what I told you, I pulled from IMDb and just reworded to make me sound like I know what I was talking about. But here we go. I don't. Because the trailer told us nothing. The trailer just showed us very weird looking scenes of cuts from other movies, fictional movies though, of women in combat. And you know, that's fine. That's great, right? Nothing wrong with that. And then it goes into these, these five women in various states of pageantry, some of them getting dressed, some of them walk, you know, walking the aisle or, or the runway or whatever, and then didn't really give us a basis on what the film is about. The trailer didn't even hint at their cause, that, that they're trying to raise awareness for veteran homelessness. And I feel really bad because I think this is a movie that deserved more. But apparently director Liza Heslov, whoever the hell she is, did a piss poor job with this. And whoever the producers are should all be ashamed. I understand not having a lot of money for your movie. I understand that and I can easily forgive that. But do a better job of presenting it. Hell, even if you have to record it with your cell phone's camera, even then you can still do a better job of presenting it. This film looks like it's some episode of some reality show on a cable channel you never heard of. As much as I want to care about this, as much as I want to support this movie because of what they support, I have to be honest and I have to talk about this as a movie. And as a movie, this gets a 1 out of 11. I would rather watch this one than the movies I gave zeros to, so that's why this at least got a one. But this looks like sh**. Once again, served like a girl. It's a one out of eleven. All right, my future friends, we have one more movie before the break, and that movie 
is called A Gentleman. Guarav is a man who wants to settle down with the love of his life, Kavya. Trouble is, Kavya isn't quite ready yet. His life gets turned upside down when he gets mistaken for an international spy named Rishi. This is an action romantic comedy from our friends in India, and you know what? I'm going to stop saying it. I'm going to stop saying the thing I always say about these movies. So if you want to know how I generally feel about Bollywood films or Hindi cinema or Indian cinema films, listen to some previous episodes where I talk about them. I'm just going to say that this movie looks like it's going to be a fun action film. It looks like it's going to be a self-aware comedy that's going to be one part sitcom you know, situational comedy, if you didn't know what that stood for. The other part, action movie, throw in some love into the mix. And then, as always, big flashy dance numbers and lots of beautiful Indian people. Is this a movie that I'm going to add to my ever-growing list of Hindi movies to watch, like Jab Harry Met Sajal and Dangal and Rais or Sultan? Sure. I- I'm going to add this one to the list. It looks fun. But ultimately, these aren't movies that are terribly accessible to us in America. And guess what? You already know if you like these movies. You already know if you're the type of fan. So if my podcast was an episode of wrestling, you know, Monday Night Raw or SmackDown Live, then when I talk about Bollywood movies, that would be the pee break match. And I hate to say it, but I don't know enough about these to be interesting when I talk about it. I generally say the same things each time, but I don't want to skip these movies because I also feel bad. And like, what if there are some of you out there that really do watch these films and want to know about them? Hell, according to my SoundCloud analytics, I have listeners all around the world, and I'm not sure if I really do or if that's just people using VPNs like I do. So that is why I'm still going to talk about every movie coming out from the biggest blockbuster to the smallest documentary, including every foreign film here and forever. A Gentleman looks interesting. It looks funny. It looks like full of flashy action and a touch of romance. It looks like a good film and it needs a score. A Gentleman gets a six out of 11. And without further ado, it is time for the final break before we get on to the final third of the podcast. So stay tuned for a word from our friends at Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Uncork Gamers. Stay tuned. There are several ways to raise money for a good cause. Some do it by running marathons. Some host high-dollar dinners. And some just do it by clever internetting. We here at the Watch Your Mouth Podcast employ a different approach. Wall-to-wall, filthy fucking language. Go to a grocery store, I'm like, I know exactly what I need. I get in there, I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, the fuck did I even come here for? With our charity swear jar, every fucked up utterance from our unfettered gobs is a dime in the right direction. The motherfucker's a mouth breather. Gaming, movies, life musings, it's all here. Served on a bed of fucks and garnished with a crown of Shut the fuck up! How the fuck did we get here? Fuck all that, a jelly bean. So if you want to hear us do good things with bad words, check out the Watch Your Mouth podcast on iTunes. SoundCloud, Facebook, or online at WIMpodcast.com. And remember, swearing is caring, so watch your mouth. I'm Dan. I'm Jeff. And we're the Uncourt Gamers. Have you been looking for a video game podcast where people don't get insider knowledge, where people don't have access to games early, and they're just everyday Joes like you? Is that the same podcast that I've been looking for where sometimes we don't even talk about video games? That's right. This is the Uncore Gamers, the gaming podcast where we talk about games when there's gaming news. If there's not, we don't try to half-fist game stuff into your throat. We'll talk about things like the 90s, parenting. And and the 80s? And the 80s. (laughs) All right. So if you're looking for a video game podcast where people make bad decisions just like you do in your everyday life, check out the Uncore Gamers. We're remember, all just a bunch of scumbags. So remember, if it isn't about video games, we'll find a way to make it about video games. Welcome back, folks. Let's kick off the final third of the podcast with even more foreign films. I'm going to get even quicker about these just because there's a lot of them. And I really don't think I need to talk at length about these. So if there are some of you out there who do rely on this show for your information on foreign films, then please let me know and I will go back to making these segments longer. But until then, I will shorten it up with the next movie called Polina. When Polina was a little girl, she studied classic ballet. But as she grows into a young woman, she yearns to leave that world for the world of modern dancing. This 
is a French film that looks like Black Swan, but instead of going even crazier with it, they tame it down a little. Which is the last thing any of us expect from the French, but this just looks like a movie about a girl who, from a young age, was raised to be a classical dancer and then tries to break away and do her own thing. But instead of backpacking around Europe like some hippie, she tries to do some other sort of dance. So it kind of implies that as a character, she or her character loves to dance, which is great because I don't want to see another movie about someone breaking away from what the family wants her to do and goes off and sees the world and then comes back and realizes that maybe she wants to do it but on her own terms and comes to a deal with her family and no I don't want to watch that anymore but this film looks like she moves into this world of modern dance and tries to find herself and opens up a bit more but still constantly is in battle with her family over the fact that they want her as a classically trained ballet dancer but she wants to, I don't know, what modern dancers do, dab, do the shuffle, do the Charleston, I don't know, dancing. This movie doesn't look bad, but it looks like it's a movie that's not good enough to get us to see it. Because there are a lot of good movies that come out, there are a lot of movies that come out that come out that look okay, that look watchable. So movies, if they want viewings from us, they really need to do something special, and I don't think this movie does enough. So maybe if you're from France, if you're from these countries that put these movies out, maybe this is your Black Swan. Maybe this is your Titanic or your Avatar or your movie that everyone has to see. Movie that makes a lot of noise that people just line up to see that sells out theaters. But when it comes here, no one really cares. And the that's a, that could be a sad thing because we don't really know what we're missing. But but we have so many movies coming out that we're inundated with them that we really have to start to be picky. And this is when movies like this, movies that look like they could be pretty good, get tossed aside. And I have to say that Polina doesn't look like it's good enough to make the cut. Polina gets a 5 out of 11. Next up, we have a small-time action film with two familiar faces. The movie is called Bushwick. Texas secedes from the United States and starts a war with America. 20-year-old Lucy, who lives in the Brooklyn neighborhood of Bushwick, is caught in the crossfire and meets up with a war veteran named Stoop, and together the two must escape. This stars Dave Bautista from Guardians of the Galaxy and Brittany Snow from Pitch Perfect. And welcome, my friends, to yet another action film, but this one just seems to be a little different. This one seems to have a touch of comedy in it, and not a lot. This isn't going to be an action comedy. This is going to be mainly an action movie with just tongue-in-cheek jokes, and sometimes it seems like they don't take themselves seriously. And the question now is how they deliver it. Because sometimes when a movie doesn't take itself too seriously, that helps it. That helps us digest it. That helps us accept it. But sometimes when they're too heavy-handed about it, it's obvious that they're a group of tryhards, and then it kind of backfires on them. This movie seems to have just the right amount, but the problem is this still isn't worth seeing. Bushwick is the epitome of a movie that... One day you may see it on streaming or it may even come on TV somewhere and then you'll watch and go, okay, well that wasn't bad, but I'm really glad I didn't spend any money or go out of my way to see this. And if you'll notice, that's something I bring up a lot because movies are a commitment in a number of ways. We have to spend money to see it. We have to spend money on snacks unless you're one of those weirdos who watches movies without snacks. And then there's the time you have to put into it, not just the time spent watching the movie, but the time spent getting to the theater. And right there, right there in that window is when a lot of movies fall short for me. That maybe I would watch this if it came straight to streaming. But since it's not, since this is an actual theatrical release, it makes me not care. So like I said, I'm going to be trying to keep these next movies short until I get to the big ones of the week. So let me just say that this is entirely skippable, but should you ever see it for free somewhere or just get to watch it, then maybe. But it, it, nothing about this screams that it's different from anything else. Sure, okay, it, in Red Dawn, depending on the version you're watching, it's either the Chinese or the Russians. But this feels like Red Dawn, except it's Texas. And in Red Dawn, the fact that the bad guys attacked a small town kind of made it scary. That, yes, what if that happened? What if the bad guys didn't start with New York, didn't start with L.A. or Dallas or any other big city, Boston, New Orleans... But what if they started in this podunk little shit? 
city town. But with this movie, they're hitting just some tiny area, a specific neighborhood in New York that just makes this feel stupid. Like, why here? Why hit Brooklyn? Allow me to reiterate my feelings on Bushwick. Meh. Bushwick gets a 4.5 out of 11. Let's keep this movie train a-rollin' with the next film called Beach Rats. An aimless teenager on the outer edges of Brooklyn struggles to escape his bleak home life and navigate questions of self-identity. As he balances his time between his delinquent friends, a potential new girlfriend, and older men he meets online. This film stars relative newcomers Harris Dickinson and Madeline Weinstein, as well as Kate Hodge from Leatherface, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. And this, my future friends, is the epitome of a try-hard indie film. So we have this guy that's not only having to deal with his home life, and then the fact that his mother doesn't like the delinquent friends he hangs out with, not only does he have to deal with a potential new girlfriend and balancing that in his life, but he also has to deal with the fact that he meets up with strange men from the internet and has sex with them on the beach. This film has festival bait written all over it. And you can tell they were hoping for some sort of festival hit because they started at Sundance. And then they hit the film festival circuit, taking them from Sundance through a couple places to San Francisco to Seattle and ending in Melbourne. So this is the type of movie that doesn't really care if they make a ton of money in the theater. Just because that they're doing this for art reasons. And of course, there's nothing wrong with artsy movies. But the, my problem with this is that when movies obviously try too hard and they obviously try to pander to a film festival audience and also try to pander to indie film lovers, this movie looks entirely skippable from everyone. I always mention how movies should be fun, and that really is a big deal for me, but even I know that there are times when a movie is going to be good even though it's not fun. Like, Moonlight wasn't fun. 12 Years of Slave, Schindler's List, movies like that, they weren't fun, but they were really good. This movie looks like it's trying to be one of those movies, trying to be so dark and depressing, yet artsy, that it captures the minds of America but it's not going to. This movie looks like a mess that is trying to pass itself off as a well-thought-out movie, and there's no way I'm going to recommend this for anyone. Beach Rats gets a 1 out of 11. You know, if there's any sign that the summer blockbuster season is over, then it should be the fact that all of these movies are coming out now. Sure, there were a lot of movies that came out in the blockbuster season that I criticized for coming out at a terrible time, but... Honestly, these movies chose a terrible time to come out too because now the market is being saturated by films that couldn't have made it during the summer season. But I think they should have tried to spread it out a little more. Like maybe this next movie I'm going to talk about could have picked a different time. Or better yet, this next movie I'm going to talk about shouldn't have even come out in theaters. The next movie is called All Saints. This is based on the inspiring true story of a salesman turned pastor who is given orders to move to a tiny church and shut it down. Instead, he finds a church in need of his help and a group of refugees from another country who just want a chance to live. This movie stars character actor John Corbett, who was in TV shows like Parenthood and the United States of Terra and had a role in the movie Volcano, if you remember that one. That one, uh, Tommy Lee Jones' disaster movie from the 90s. And so earlier, before I officially start talking about the movie, I said that this shouldn't have even come out in theaters. And you may be able to figure out why based on the premise. This is a heavily Christian movie, and this is produced by two companies, Affirm Films and Provident Films, that are also really big in the Christian scene. And actually, it's been a while since I talked about a Christian movie, so let me re just reiterate my thoughts on it. I myself am a Christian, but I have a problem with these obviously pandering movies, and I've been using that word a lot this podcast, pandering, but it, I have to bring it up again, because I believe that it, mean, it will mean more if you find the word and find the lessons of God from movies that don't shove it in your face. But that's just me. There are a lot of people out there who love movies like this, who go to them to find inspiration. And you know what? That is great. If you are that person, honestly, go, good for you. Do it. Go see this because you want to see a movie that bolsters your faith and that makes you that makes you feel good about being a Christian. But 
movies like this still don't need big theater releases. These should be movies that you see at churches. Sure, mega churches can have huge screenings, but it should also be sent to smaller churches to be watched there. Like This is something that should be watched with people of like minds and then so you can all talk about it afterwards. That's what I think these movies really should do instead of being sent to the silver screen where they are going to flounder. Even some of the bigger movies recently that have come out, like God's Not Dead, should never have been released in theaters. I truly believe that they should have been sent to the churches just like I think this one should. And no, I'm not talking about some separation of church and movies bullshit. Uh, no, I believe that it's just the best place for them. Now, if the movie is actually a really good movie, like Passion of the Christ, then sure, let's put that in theaters for everyone to see. So even maybe someone who doesn't believe, who just wants to see a good film, can watch it. But this film's story looks good. It doesn't look like some typical rehashed movie. Like we see a lot of that, like the, the same stories over and over again. And even though they are based on true stories, it's the same basic principle. And this one just seems a little different. It, it just adds a slightly different note where it kind of makes the church the bad guy because the church itself wants to shut down this this smaller church. And while this guy's trying to fight for it, the, the, the head of the church, probably not the head of the church because that'd be the Pope, <laughs> you know, uh, whoever his boss is, the character's not the Pope's, is saying, no, you got to shut this place down. It's tiny. And while he's saying, well, no, even if there's, you know, 12 people, didn't Jesus have 12 followers? But no matter what I think about this movie, no matter how original or basic the story is, no matter how good the acting is, this isn't good enough to warrant a theater viewing. Not at all. I think that this movie should be, even if you are interested, should be put on your wait list because if you live close enough to a mega church or your church does does movie nights, then you will eventually get it. You can even suggest it to your pastor, to your priest, to your reverend and go, hey, I think this is a movie that we will really enjoy. That's how I think you should enjoy this movie. Not on a silver screen. Not at $10 a pop. So as a theatrical release, All Saints gets a 2 out of 11. Ladies and gentlemen, we have three movies left and one movie that's going to be a wide re-release. So I'm just going to mention the re-release right now. Terminator 2 Judgment Day. One of Critter's favorite movies. That's Critter, of course, from the Somewhat Nerdy Radio podcast and Watch Your Mouth podcast. Is getting a theatrical re-release in 3D. So if you've always wanted to see the Arnold Schwarzenegger and Linda Hamilton classic. Or Robert Patrick as well. Classic movie. Then this is your time. I don't even have to give it a score, do I? Terminator 2 gets an 11 out of 11. Okay, I said I don't have to give it a score, but then I go with one. <laughs> uh, the reason it didn't make it higher on the list and the reason it's not my pick is because it is a re-release. And I don't want to do re-releases for my picks. I want my picks to always be something new. Though, out of all the movies this week, this one does look like the probably the second best movie to watch. And the only reason I say second best is because of the fact that it's a re-release. That's it. Let's move on with the next movie on the list, which is called Ghost House. A young couple goes on vacation in Thailand and is taken to an abandoned graveyard by a group of tour guides. While on the tour, the guides convince the woman to remove a figure from a grave, thus incurring the wrath of a malevolent ghost. This stars Scout Taylor Compton from the Rob Zombie Halloween movies and James Landry Hebert from Westworld. And my friends, this is yet another movie that should have been released in October. I mean, it, it, it probably shouldn't have been released super close to Halloween because ideally the bigger movies like Annabelle Creation should have been released then. But this one could have been early October to get you pumped for the season. But no, this is coming out in August for whatever the f*** reason. But here's the thing, this would have been a really good movie for October. I think it would have done really well because it's it's scary, or at least scary looking, but it doesn't look great. So this is the perfect movie to set you up for the season. But right now, I I would never I would never go see this in theaters unless Anne really wanted to. And then I would of course I would go because it looks interesting. I think I would enjoy it. But I believe this is a movie best watched at home. Best watched saved for, and what do I always say? A Halloween movie marathon. It looks like director Rich Ragsdale who he's not 
very famous. He's mainly a composer, apparently, who composes music for sitcoms. And so, yeah, let's pick this guy to direct our horror. But it looks like he did a good job. It looks like he took inspiration from the James Wan-style horror movies and just made it a little more in your face. So this is more of a conventional horror movie or ghost movie where you see the ghost a bit more. It's obviously frightening looking. It's all up in your grill. And so there's not going to be the, sus uh, the super suspense aspect like a Wan movie would have. But this one is going to be more jump scares and scary looking ghosts. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's just that the horror movie, or at least ghost movie industry, because yeah, it's its own industry, whatever, had been so inundated with these movies for so long that it was becoming so basic that it was boring. But now we have people like James Wan coming out and giving us a lot of new movies to work with. So this movie now doesn't seem as old hat. Does this look great? No, no, it really doesn't, but it doesn't look bad. This looks like it's going to fall perfectly in the middle where it's just going to be a fun horror movie that's going to give you a couple nice scares, that's going to have an interesting looking ghost in it, and it's going to be taking place in a country that not a lot of people know a lot about. Sure, we all know Thailand exists, but what do we really know about it unless you either are really into studying about other cultures or you've been there quite a few times. So don't see this in theaters. Keep this on your list for a future movie to put in your movie marathon list. Ghost House. It's a 5.5 out of 11. And with that, my future friends, we are in to the two wider releases this week. And we have room for one pick. And I'll tell you what that pick isn't. And the next movie on the list is called Leap. Two orphans run away to Paris, where one has a dream of becoming a ballerina and the other has a dream of becoming a world-famous adventure. Together, the two pursue their dreams. This movie features the voices of Ellie Fanning, Dane DeHaan, and Carly Rae Jepsen. And also, apparently, Mel Brooks and Kate McKinnon have small roles in this, so there, there's that. If you watch the trailer for this movie, you will notice that there's something really off about it. And I'm going to tell you what is off. This was originally a French animated movie. So we had these characters that lips were supposed to be matching French words or, you know, clo as close as possible to it. But now we have Dane DeHaan and Ellie Fanning voicing over it. So it looks really wrong. And also the fact that Dane DeHaan, even though he, he can still play a young guy looks wise, his voice is far too deep to play a preteen. And it really, really doesn't fit. Also, this film looks very clunky. There there had been something that was else that was bothering me about the trailer besides Dane DeHaan's voice in it, and I couldn't put my finger on it until closer to the end, but what was bothering me was that it looks choppy and and like one of those movies that you would pick up in a CVS or maybe even a dollar store, one of those animated movies. The type of movie that looks like it was done with a very small budget. This movie doesn't look good enough for this to be forgiven. This is a very, very basic story of following your dreams and while that's a great message to pass along to children, this doesn't look like it's worth it in any other way. The only way I would recommend this movie for anyone would be if you have children and really want to take your kids out to the theaters this week. In that case, this is the movie for you because there's really nothing else for kids. But of course, even if you were going to have a movie night with your children, I would highly suggest you watch something online or you buy or red box a movie. That's what I would suggest to you. This film just doesn't look good. Nothing about this appealed to me. I like animated films. I really do. And I like more than just Pixar and DreamWorks movies. I, I like lower quality things as well, just, just because fun is fun. But this film doesn't have anything fun about it. The jokes are easy, even really easy as far as kids movies goes. And that is sad. The plot looks basic. The characters just look really weird. It looks like some knockoff of a Pixar movie. The whole film looks like a mess from beginning to end, and I don't think this is going to be enjoyed by anyone. So once again, if you if you have to take your kids to a movie this week, if they're if you maybe made a promise to them and you said, hey, we are going to a movie the next time one comes out, then yeah, okay, go see it. But other than that, do not watch this movie and watch something else at home. I think you'll enjoy it a lot better. This movie just looks sad and pathetic. Leap gets a 3 out of 11. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have one movie left this week, and that movie 
is called Birth of the Dragon. This movie focuses on Bruce Lee's early life and takes inspiration from the battle between Kung Fu master Wong Jack Man and the master himself, Bruce Lee. This film stars Philip Ng, who hasn't done much that a lot of us would know, but I just wanted to mention his name because he does a really good job as Bruce Lee, at least from the trailer. He even kind of looks like Bruce Lee, which really helps, and the mannerisms he uses in this trailer and how he fights, I believe he captures Bruce Lee perfectly. The actor who plays Wong Jack Man is Yu Jia, I think that's how you say it. And the only thing that I've ever seen that he was in was The Painted Veil with Edward Norton and Naomi Watts, but looking at the IMDb page for The Painted Veil, it doesn't look like he had a big role. But as always, I just want to remind you that I use these references just so you may know who the person is in case you've never heard of them. So no, it does not matter that we've never heard of these two people. What matters is it looks like they do a really good job. And this is a movie that I have been excited for since the first trailer dropped. Now, the synopsis, at least on IMDb, the one I read, was pretty straightforward that this is based on the fight between these two. And it was apparently a controversial showdown, quote-unquote, that happened in the 1960s. My Bruce Lee history isn't up to snuff, so I can't tell you what really happened. I can't tell you how it all went down. But what I can tell you is that this movie looks good. Kung Fu movies are always a blast. Okay, not always. That's that's bull. But <laughs> Kung Fu movies, at least to me, are a blast. I love, as you all know, I love the Ip Man movies. I even like the really cheesy Kung Fu ones. And this one looks like it's going to be closer to the Ip Man films. It looks like it's going to be well-produced and well-acted. And also, and most importantly with these movies, well choreographed. I have seen one critique about this movie, and it's the only thing that makes me just a little worried. And it's a fact that a lot of people have said that the movie focuses a lot on this white dude named Steve McKee, who in this film is played by Billy Magnuson, who is in films like Bridge of Spies, Into the Woods, and The Big Short. So from the trailers I saw, it looks like this film focuses on... Of course, Bruce Lee and Wong Jack Man. But according to some of the reviews I read, it focuses a lot on the white guy. And I may or may not be okay with it based on how they do it. Is this is this white guy, is this Steve McKee going to be like Timothy Spall in The Last Samurai, where he was just the guy telling the story? If that's how they do it, then I'm going to be completely fine with this. But if they just throw in this random guy and focus on him in a movie that should be about Bruce Lee, then I'm going to have a problem. And not for the reason you may think. Not because it's quote-unquote whitewashing, even though I, that technically it isn't, but because of the fact that it's stupid. Why would we go to a movie about Bruce Lee just to watch a movie about some random-ass dude? So I'm really hoping, I'm really thinking that he's just going to be the storyteller, just like Timothy Spall's character Simon Graham was in The Last Samurai. So that's my only hang-up or potential hang-up about this movie. Otherwise, this looks really good. This looks like a solid movie that's going to show us a battle that we have never seen before just because we've only heard about it in Legends if we've heard about it at all. And I'm going to be honest, before this movie came out, before the trailer hit, I've never heard of this. I had to look it up. This looks like it's going to be very interesting. It looks like it's going to be a blast, but this may be a week you skip movies in theaters just because this will be just as fun at home. The theater isn't going to add anything to this. Sure, it'll be nice on a bigger screen and better sound system, but you're not going to miss out if you watch it on your TV at home. And that's why even though this is my pick, I still think this is going to be a week I'm going to skip a movie. And you know what? I've skipped quite a few weeks of movies recently, and it's me. I usually see one to two movies a week, and I haven't seen a movie in a couple weeks. And I think that says a lot about the end of the summer blockbuster season. This movie chose a great time to come out because... This is honestly the best looking one out now. If you want to see a movie with awesome kung fu about a legendary kung fu master, then you watch this film. Otherwise, wait for it at home, but still give it a watch, because I think this is a movie that's going to be worth a watch no matter when you do it. Birth of the Dragon gets a 7 out of 11. And that, my future friends, is it for the movies, and normally this is when we'd go into the question of the week, but I think I'm going to stop for a while, because once again we didn't get an answer, and I think I'll wait a bit. I think I'll wait a bit and then come up with some really good ones, maybe ones that will inspire people to give me an answer. So last week's question, which we didn't hear anything about, was what is your favorite heist movie? My favorite heist movie is 
the remake of the Italian job. While I did love the original, the remake is one of my favorite movies from the 90s or is it early 2000s? Still. Uh, early 2000s. It's still one of my favorite movies from that time. So once again, there's going to be no new question of the week. I'm going to wait a few weeks and then start again and see if we can get some answers going. But in the meantime, if you listen to old episodes or if there's a question that you had an answer for but you never did, throw me a line. You know, post a comment here, post a comment on the Somewhat Nerdy website or the Facebook page, email me, hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, just answer any question from the past and I will talk about it on the show. So it is time to end this like we always do with the housekeeping. You can find me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, YouTube, Tumblr, and any podcast listening app, as well as the Somewhat Nerdy website. That's somewhatnerdy.com. I'd really appreciate it if you take a few moments out of your day to give the podcast a rating. Give me five stars all the stars possible. Thank you for everyone who's already given the podcast a rating. Thank you for all the stars you've given me. I haven't had anything below five, so thank you very much. And if you haven't yet, it's never too late to do it. Five stars for Future Flicks. Let's get those stars going. And maybe if we get enough stars, we can get on the new and noteworthy section, get more listeners and grow even more. You can also leave a comment for me. Tell me what I'm doing right. Tell me what I need to improve on. And how do you reach me? That's a great question. So leave a comment for me on the Somewhat Nerdy website, Facebook page, or SoundCloud. Hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr. BilliamSWN is my handle on on all of those. Email me at BilliamReviews at gmail.com. Do you drink beer? So do I. Friend me on untapped BilliamSWN. Be sure to check out Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds of the Squared Circle, also on the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Don't forget the Watch Your Mouth Podcast and the Uncorked Gamers. The Watch Your Mouth Podcast, of course, the Bromance for Future Flicks and Uncorked Gamers, the show that I am on from time to time. Don't forget to check out Big D's Movie Hunter, a YouTube channel from a friend of mine, a guy who really loves movies, and I've been working with him on a couple ideas for a new podcast, a bi-weekly podcast, so just like Somewhat Nerdy Radio would be. Don't forget to check out the Somewhat Nerdy site for all of our latest blogs and news, and finally, my dear friends, my dear, dear listeners, my future fans, please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billion from Somewhat Nerdy signing off. I'll see you in the future.